Pastor Xavier Reese says, try as you might, you just can't reason away the gospel. Peter says, beware of the denial of Christ's return. And in fact, call God a liar. Well, I mean, if he was coming, he would have been here, but he's not here, so therefore he's not coming. Now, if you read Titus chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, Paul tells Titus there that God cannot lie. What he promised, he fulfills. The book of Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man should repent. Has he not said it? Shall he not perform it? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. There have always been naysayers to the Bible and things of God, but ironically the Apostle Peter wrote that the false teachers of the last days will scoff in particular at the very idea that Jesus will return in the last days. And in a Simple Truth study appropriately titled, They Say That Jesus Is Not Coming, Pastor Xavier applies our text of 2 Peter 3, drawing some similarities between the false teaching of Peter's day to our day. Let's listen. The Russian astronaut, German Titoy, said when he returned from space, Some people say there's a God out there, but in my travels around all the earth all day long, I looked around and didn't see him. I saw no God, nor angels. He said the rocket was made by our own people. I don't believe in God. I believe in man. His strength, his possibilities, his reason. What an amazing parallel of the philosophy of the American public today. What an amazing parallel to that which Peter gives to us in chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Such is the attitude that is being manifested in our world today regarding the second coming of Jesus Christ. Out of the lips of a communist, and you have the very same attitude and speech coming out of the American people today regarding God. And somehow, Americans think that they can disguise this by a sense of religiosity. Because they go to church. Because they give some money. Because they give some clothes to a worthy cause. And that makes them quote, quote, Christian. Nothing could be further from the truth. Peter says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I steer you your pure minds, by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation." For this they willingly or willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which now exist are kept in store by the same word reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. I want you to notice in these seven verses that the central theme is a denial of the return of Jesus Christ. 
Peter has spoken to us about these specific false teachers in chapter 2. A tremendous chapter. The heretic in the world. He began with our heritage in chapter 1. Our heritage is to center upon the word of God. That which is inspired. That which is inerrant. That which is infallible. That which is going to develop our spiritual life. He comes to the third chapter and he gives us the hope of the believer. The soon return of Jesus Christ. Peter says that in the last days, people will deny the return of Jesus Christ. He gives us the perverted reasoning of these last days in verses 3 and 4. The last days describe the period of time from Pentecost to the time the Lord returns for His church. I believe we are in the last of the last days. In Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, It shall come to pass in the last days, and Peter was quoting the prophecy of Joel. You're familiar with it. And there he begins to speak how God had prophesied in the past that in the last days he would pour out his spirit. He would embrace a bride for himself from Jew, Gentile. But he went on to prophesy all the way to the return of Christ where he says the sun shall not give its light. The moon shall be turned blood red. And he runs the entire last days from the coming of Christ to the second coming all together. We find that in Old Testament scripture many times. No distinction between the two but just run together. Now the perverted reasoning is the denial of Christ's return to the earth in verses 3 and 4. Notice the source, verse 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking after their own lust. The source is the carnal mind who is an enemy against God and it cannot nor will it submit itself to the will of God, Romans 8 says. The natural mind, that which opposes God. Now you and I... We're new creatures in Christ Jesus if you're born again. But at the same time, I have a natural mind. And my natural mind is always in opposition to my Christ mind, which Paul says I have. And there is a warfare going on. There is a battle going on. And God through His Spirit ministers to my Christ mind and says, I love you. I want to do this. But my natural mind opposes the things of God. It has no desire to submit itself to the will of God. Now Peter says here that the source of these men, these false teachers, is a carnal mind, a depraved mind. That which will not nor can it submit itself to the will of God. You remember when you were in the world? Or if you're not born again, if you're just religious, right now you're in a position that you cannot do the will of God. You cannot desire the things of God. Now I'm not saying you can't desire to do good things because God has created us with the ability to do good. But that doesn't make us worthy or godly. Let's make that distinction. Because that natural man is spiritually dead. He can only function in the area of reason. What does Genesis 1-1 say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, everybody has read that first verse. First chapter, first verse, first book. God is wise. He put it right there. Everybody goes to a hotel. In the beginning, God. <laughs> Responsible. Is that reason? No. That's a call to faith. 
I can't understand how God created the world. He told Adam, Adam, the day you eat, you will surely die. Was that logic, reason, or faith? Adam had just been living. We don't know exactly how long, but not too long. He had never seen anybody die, let alone did he know anything about living. What did he call Adam to? Faith. He told Noah, it's going to rain. Forty days, forty nights, big flood. Logic, reason, no. Faith, it had never rained. God always calls you to faith and when you start to live on reason and logic, you just remove yourself from faith. The sources, that natural mind. The identity scoffers. The word means from to play with or trifle or mock. Two times in the New Testament, here and in Jude 18. Those who listen to God's word and they say, Oh, you're a new creature. Oh, what'd you do? Take a bath and lie? Or what'd you do? They mock the truth of God. To them it's a joke. That's a Puritan ethic. Come on. Live. Go for it. Mockers. Their endeavor, they walk after their own lust. It speaks of their sinful desires to gratify their own body needs without restraint. He's already identified them in chapter 2, verse 10. They walk after the flesh, lust of uncleanness, despise authorities, presumptuous self-will, speak evil of dignities or authorities. In chapter 2 again, verse 14. Eyes full of adultery, can't not cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices, accursed children. That's just a glimpse. That ability of those men and women who cannot do anything but sin. Now, before you came to Christ, you could do nothing and I could do nothing but sin. Now that I've come to Christ, I have the ability not to sin. That does not mean that the ability to sin has been totally eradicated for you and I can sin anytime we want. We have a free will, as we're going to see. And whatever I choose to do, God will honor. He certainly could have stopped Adam, did he? Nope. He certainly can stop you and me, does he? Nope. He lets us choose. Now look at the slander in verse 4, the first part. Where's the promise of his coming? You see, they slander God by calling him a liar. Now if you read Titus chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, Paul tells Titus there that God cannot lie. What he promised, he fulfills. Paul tells the Romans in Romans 3, 4, Let God be true and every man a liar. The book of Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man should repent. Has he not said it? Shall he not perform it? And yet man is always slandering God and saying, God is a liar. In many different ways. But don't remove yourself from the non-believer and the false teacher. Because many Christians call God a liar in a lot of different ways. Many different ways. By not believing what the Word of God says about them, about someone else, about their future, about their present or their past. When it comes to Jerusalem, home base, where I have to apply it, then it's a whole different ball game. And in fact, call God a liar. The reasoning being, because He hasn't come, therefore He's not coming. Is that logical to the natural mind? Well, I mean, if he was coming, he would have been here, but he's not here, so therefore he's not coming. I took a class in logic 
at Long Beach City College back in 68, had this philosophy teacher, Dr. Sperney. Guy was out there. He'd come in with a shirt. His tie would be in on one, and the other one would be over the top. Two different cufflings, buttons all in line. And this guy was serious. That's the sad part about it. And, you know, logic, you guys have studied logic. They go, well, you know, uh, birds fly, planes fly, therefore a bird's a plane. That's logic. You know, that's not a door, but that's a door with metal and wood and hinges. And I mean, they go through some stupid axioms. It's just you just something you go and do-do-do-do. You know, I mean, here you are. You're in college. You just got out of high school. You thought you had brain damage then. <laughs> Amazing. Look at the statement. All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. This is their statement. Wisdom resides with them. They look around. They have a right. Eh. Look around. Sun comes up. Moon goes down. World revolves. Everything's the same. What are you talking about this Jesus guy coming? He's intervening and, and disrupt the natural order. The way it is. This is the philosophy of uniformitarianism. The perverted reasoning of man is so beautifully illustrated. Even as an article came out in Time Magazine, 1981, September 7th, where they had a group of psychologists that professed that the most healthy thing you can do for your child is to have sexual relationships with them to prepare them for life. You talk about perverted reasoning. The natural mind. Not today. We mock virtue, integrity, purity, and commitment. We have called evil good and good evil. Today people boldly and arrogantly slander God and His Word, declaring that it is but a religious, superstitious, nonsensical endeavor. And the ones who are the most guilty are those who are in our schools, our professors. I just spoke with a young lady about a couple of weeks ago. The young lady, she was just telling us how her professor just got on this 19, 18-year-old guy, freshman, and just righted him up and down in front of the class because he, he believed in God and the Bible. What did that man? You see, we think that we are so smart, we have arrived. Wisdom resides with us. The perverted reasoning is amazing. How when we decide that we're not going to receive truth, it is amazing the lies that we embrace. Take a person who refuses to acknowledge truth about something that happened in their life. How many lies they make up to deny the truth of the event. And they really believe it. This is the picture of man today. In spite of all evidence, he denies it. Perverted reasoning. Now there's a lot of good people in this group. A lot of very brilliant people, but I'm always amazed of what stupid things brilliant people say. Always amazed. In verses 5 through 7, Peter gives us the personal preference of the last days. For this they are willing, willfully forget the King James, the old King James says they are willingly ignorant. I like that better. Willingly ignorant. Take note that it is willful ignorance. A deliberate stand against God's revelation of truth. 
John's Gospel says that men love darkness rather than light. You love darkness. I love darkness rather than light. It's the new creature in me that loves the light. It's that which Christ is doing in me that loves the light. But Xavier, old Xavier, he loves darkness. You love darkness and your sinful nature. Because we're fallen. We're fallen. Willfully. Now there are four basic things they ignore and reject by personal preference. And remember this, throughout this, these points, it is willful ignorance. It is personal preference. God has to respect your choice for it to remain free will. He told Adam, Adam, you can, you can eat this, but you cannot eat that. Now you get to choose. Now don't you think God could have stopped Adam? He certainly could have. But he didn't. God can stop you dead in your tracks. Honest. But he won't. He will let you choose. How often your husband has said to you, Okay, honey, uh, where do you want to go eat? Uh, let's go to Coco's. Nah, I don't want to go to Coco's. Um, okay, um, let's go to North Wizard. Nah, we don't have enough money. I want to go there. He goes, Nah, let's go to McDonald's. Well, why did he ask you? Why didn't he just tell you, let's go to McDonald's? You see, if I give you a choice, I have to honor the choice you make for me to really show you that you do have a free will. God will honor your choice. That is the scary part. Awesome. Romans 1.28 says, Because God gave him over to uncleanness, uh, vile affections, the last stage is reprobate mind. And they change the natural use of the woman, the man, and all kinds of different things. There's a point in time where God gives people up. You continue in that, that perverted reasoning, God gives people up. Search the scriptures. I like what, what Ezekiel 14.4, when you go home today, read that scripture. Let me just kind of give you the idea what's there. It will blow your mind away. Ezekiel is prophesying in Babylon. These guys are in Babylon, they're worshiping idols. And they're worshiping idols and then they come to Jehovah God and they say, oh, we want to come before God. God says, listen, they've got a foot in the world and they're still coming to me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to answer them according to their folly. I'm going to answer them according to their deception. Now, do you have one foot in the world? Do you have one foot in the church? And you're still coming to seek God? You know what God's going to do? He's going to answer you according to your folly. He's going to give you to your lie. Revelation says you're either lukewarm, you're hot, or you're cold. You're cold, at least you know where you stand. You're hot, you're right on. You're lukewarm, too. Spit you out. Interesting. Ezekiel is an amazing, amazing scripture, 14.4. God says that those who are playing games with God, He will end up answering according to their deception. Awesome. Where is your life? Your life will be where your heart is. And your heart will be where your treasure is. Now, here's the four basic things they reject. They reject God's creative power in verse 5. For this willingly forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Genesis 1 and 2. The creative 
act of God. God spoke. Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of God, He spoke the world into existence. Hebrews 11, 6 tells us that also. 11, 3. We know that the world were formed by the spoken word of God. God didn't need a hammer and nails and a tractor. He just said, Be. And He spoke it into being. Now that takes faith. I, don't, I can't reason that. I, I don't understand it. My brain is too minute for that. It's beyond my potential. He's out of my league. Colossians 1.16 says that Christ created all things. So the scripture says that God created, Jesus created, and the Spirit created. I don't have any problem with that. There are three persons and one God. Don't ask me to explain it. I don't understand it. But I know that I'm a trinity. I'm body, soul, and spirit. And if you come and greet me afterwards, I don't say, hi, I'm Xavier Body, and this is Xavier Soul, and this is Xavier Spirit. I've never introduced myself like that. And yet I'm a trinity. One person. Secondly, they reject God's record of divine judgment. Verse 6. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Genesis 6, 7, and 8 gives you the whole record of the flood. God says, because man's heart is so evil from the imagination of his youth, he's evil continually. There isn't one person in this auditorium that if God would reveal our thoughts on a screen just for the next five minutes, would hide under the pew. Not one of us. It's only the grace of God that we stand. And I've got to bring my thoughts into captivity. That doesn't mean I'm perfect, but let me tell you, I fight. I've got to fight. I've got to run. I've got to draw from Jesus Christ and His Spirit. 1 Peter 3.20, He mentioned the flood. 2 Peter 2.5, He's mentioned the flood. Jesus in the Gospel says, as in the days of Noah, Noah was not some fictitious character like Donald Duck. He existed. There isn't a scientist on the face of the earth that would deny a universal, worldwide, cataclysmic destruction. Not one that will deny it. And yet, they will turn around and say, but we evolved. You see what happened is that, uh, you know, in the explosion, whatever that was, and whenever that happened, we don't know who did it, but it just happened. Uh, we, we believe in cause and effect, but there was no cause to cause that. That just happened. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Aren't they smart? The word perish means to ruin so that it cannot be used for what it was designed for. You see, God destroyed because man had walked away from what God had designed him for. It's this, listen, to worship God and to give Him glory. Read the book of Revelation when they're singing to Him there before the throne in chapter 4 and 5. You are worthy for you have created all things and for your purpose and for your glory they were all created and when you or I or any other person deviate from the glory of God and the worship of God you have walked away from the design of God's purpose for your life that's the bottom line and the only thing left is judgment but please understand God is in no hurry to judge you He's not going anywhere He lives in an eternal presence and you live in a very small spectrum of time. And you will come before Him before long and give an account of your life. 
the day is coming when every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Pastor Xavier Reese closing today with a reminder that he waits patiently at the door of your heart. Now, if today's study is one you'd like to get your own personal copy of, as always, we're pleased to be able to provide that to you on CD. The title to ask for is simply, They Say That Jesus Is Not Coming. We just ask that you send along $4 to help cover the costs. Now, that title, once again, is They Say That Jesus Is Not Coming. You can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Scripture warns that at such a time you think not, the Lord will come. More Simple Truths coming your way right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope to see you back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com